Greetings and welcome to the Mount Calvary Nation podcast hosted by Mount Calvary Baptist Church in Dayton, Ohio, where our pastor is the Reverend S.N. Winston Jr. We thank you for joining us and hope that this episode blesses you.
good morning, Mount Calvary. If you would be so kind to turn your radio stations to 107.5, you can also get the service streaming on there. 107.5. You 92. Mount Calvary, smooth jazz, 107.5. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. You can clap your hands on your heart. <laughs> if you're joyful today, come on and give him praise. Hallelujah. If you're glad about being alive, come on and give him praise. If you're glad that you're in good health, come on and give him praise. If he's watched over you, come on and give him praise. Hallelujah. If he keeps his angels in camp around you, come on and give him praise. Hallelujah. It's good to see everybody. Hallelujah. And it's good to be in the land of the living. Hallelujah. If you're watching us, you can watch us on Facebook Live. And you can also listen to us on 107.5 FM. Tune in. 
so we can all worship and praise together. Hallelujah. 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 So the scripture that I'm coming from today is Matthew 16, verse 18 and 19. And it says, And I say unto you, unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Is anybody grateful that God left us power after receiving the Holy Ghost? And whatsoever we bind on earth we shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever we loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So we all can say, praise the name of Jesus. Praise the name of Jesus. For he's my rock. He's my fortress. He's my deliverer. In him will I trust. Come on, let's all say it together. Praise the name of Jesus. One voice say. Praise the name of Jesus. Come on, he's my rock. He's my rock. He's my fortress. If you want to praise them, put your hands together. Hallelujah. Praise the name of our God, for he breaks every chain. Hallelujah. 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 We give you the glory, honor, and praise God. And we pray today that you would have your way, God. Loose the chains. Loose the shackles of depression. Loose the shackles of defeat, God. You have all power, which means we have the victory. So, God, we ask right now that you would take over and remind us that we are victorious. Come on, somebody say to yourself, I am victorious. I said, I am victorious in the name of Jesus. I am victorious in the name of Jesus. I am victorious. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We are victorious in your name, Jesus. We give you the glory, God. We give you the praise, God. Hallelujah. We give you the praise, God. Oh, oh, oh. So there is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. Oh, to break every chain, break every chain, break every chain, to break every chain, break every chain. Break every chain. Come on, 
God. Praise God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Look at somebody in the car, and you're sitting in the car with somebody, and just tell them I love you. Oh, God. But God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And that's what we're going to do today. We're going to love on our God. We're going to love on each other. And we're going to watch God work it out. So the message and the word today is hold on, soldier. Don't you give up. Don't you give up. No matter what it look like, don't you give up. Just keep looking up and lift your hands to God and say, I trust you, God. Hold on, soldier.
Well, grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be God who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. And then he has seated us in heavenly places right in close proximity to those spiritual blessings. We praise his glorious grace. Here we are already into the month of September. It is so hard to believe that we have spent nearly six months, nearly half the year, worshiping outside of the physical sanctuary. March was the last time we were together physically in worship. Pastor, when will we get back into the sanctuary? When will we come back together for worship physically? I can tell you the simple answer is I don't know. I'm not sure. I can tell you this. I know that it won't be as long as Montgomery County is still in the red zone. Uh, I won't risk your safety. Um, if there are any among us who still don't believe that this is real, I'm so sorry for your denial. And I pray that it doesn't take someone close to you being close to death or even dying for you to realize that this thing is real and nothing to be played with. I hear you. Well, Pastor, I'm covered by the blood. Yes, you are. And so are a great many saints who have now gone home to be with the Lord thanks to COVID-19. Young Ajare and her brother had to say goodbye to their mother this week who died with COVID-19. Brother Norwood, sister passed because of coronavirus. We almost lost both the Berry Hills to this dreadful virus. Thank God Brother Berry Hill is recovered and Sister Berry Hill is on her way. Praise the Lord. Brother Grady was recently hospitalized with the coronavirus. And all these are blood-covered saints. All I'm trying to tell you is, even those who are blood-covered need to be careful. And when we come back together in the sanctuary in order to keep everybody as safe as possible, we will require that masks be worn and that social distancing be observed until we are through this pandemic. That will mean that we will probably have three worship services to accommodate everyone without crowding. The pandemic response team will convene virtually soon to begin to discuss what our return to the sanctuary will look like and we'll keep everybody posted. But in the meantime, we thank God for the technology that has kept us somewhat connected. And I do believe that we should publicly thank all of those who work behind the scenes to make that happen. Ms. Tracy Norwood and the Information, Information Technology Ministry crew along with brother and sister Carlos and Laura Rogers uh, who handle our Facebook and Instagram accounts, brother Devin and the Mountain Media crew, uh, brother Sean and the facilities crew, 
Sister Valerie and the worship arts crew, uh, certainly the church office team, Sister McClure, Miss Jody, Miss Hall, Miss Spain, all the volunteer receptionists, Elder Damone and the entire teaching staff who have worked to get classes available online and they keep teaching the Word of God. We're certainly grateful to Dr. Cookie and her team who work tirelessly to make sure that our children's spiritual and faith journey continues. Minister Chris and the youth ministry, they're constantly coming up with new and innovative ways of reaching people virtually. Uh, Miss Sweetheart and the Benevolence team, they keep on grinding to make sure that emergency assistance is available. All this happens and most of it we don't see, but I thank God for a good team who gets the job done and who keeps ministry rolling. And certainly, certainly, I do want to thank my deacon, uh, Deacon Myron Sandiford, and all the deacons that work with him who continue to serve this congregation. Uh, they're here in the parking lot every week, but don't get me wrong, they are not just parking lot money collectors. Uh, they, along with Minister Guy and the Ministerial Alliance, they've been keeping up with sick and shut-in, uh, checking on elderly members of the congregation, help to keep tabs on the sheep while we are away from each other. And this pastor and the Mount Calvary Nation are grateful to everybody who has pitched in to keep going. I did want to take just a few minutes to make sure I expressed that today so you don't have to wonder how we feel about it. We're grateful. Let's go to our scripture reading, Acts chapter 6. Acts chapter 6. We're going to begin reading at verse 1. I'm reading from the King James Version of the Holy Bible. And here's what it says. And in those days, when the number of the disciples were multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews, because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch, whom they set before the apostles. And when they had prayed, they laid their hands on them. And the word of God increased, and the number of the, of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly, and a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. Verses 1 through 7 of Acts chapter 6.
Let me teach for a little while today. We are walking through the book of Acts. We are continuing to rediscover the church that Jesus built. All this year we've been studying. We want to make sure that we are aligned as closely as possible with what the Bible says the church should look like. We started out this year with a reminder that the building is not the church. We are. We are his temple. We are where the Lord lives. We are the called out ones. My daddy used to sing it like this, out of all the places that he, that he could be, he comes to live in me. And frankly, I stand in awe, I'm still in awe, that this year of all years, when the Lord has us studying about what the church really is, uh, he has made it so that we are having to learn church without a building. And we are walking through the book of Acts, looking at what happened since what we call the birth of the church in Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Ghost fell on that day uh, of Pentecost and filled everyone that was in the upper room. We've seen the birth and the immediate growth of the church. 3,000 souls were added when Peter preached that day. And then by the time you get over to chapter 4, there are about 5,000. But with all that growth, all that growth is not without its challenges. We have seen that the religious leaders of the day challenged the church. They want to stop them from using the name of Jesus to heal people and to do the work of ministry. They don't mind them doing the work of ministry, but don't do it in Jesus' name. Don't mention Jesus' name while you're doing it or while you're you're explaining it. But this external challenge cannot stop the word of God from going forth and it does not stop the apostles from preaching and teaching about the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus the Christ. It doesn't stop the growth of this young Christian church. Ah, but last week, if you were able to join us, we started talking about another challenge. Uh, you see, things were going well in the church that Jesus built. They are speaking the word of God with boldness. They are united. They are sharing with each other so that nobody among them has a need that goes unmet. So much so that, that people are selling their possessions from time to time and bringing the money and laying it at the apostles' feet. Uh, to distribute to those who have need. But then another challenge arises, and it's not from the outside, though. It is an ugly threat that arrives from the inside. At the beginning of chapter 5, we meet one of the couples of the church, Ananias and his wife, Sapphira, a couple who, we, who introduced to us a threat from within, the threat of hypocrisy. Pretense. They sold a piece of property and brought part of the pro proceeds to lay at the apostles' feet, pretending like it was all of the proceeds, pre pretending to be generous, pretending to be selfless, pretending to be something they were not pretending. But this week, we continue on to chapter 6, where we see another threat from within. And I know I've used up quite a bit of my time already, but let me teach you for just a little bit from this subject, the threat from within, part 2, division. The threat from within, part 1, that was hypocrisy. 
But the second threat from within we see is division. Division. It is as dangerous now as it was in the early church. It is just as much of a threat now as it was in the Bible days. Division, it's dangerous. Paul warns about it several times in the word. Romans chapter 16, verse 17 and 18. I urge you, brothers and sisters, to watch out for those who cause divisions and put obstacles in your way that are contrary to the teaching you have learned. Keep away from them. Paul says, for such for such people are not serving our Lord Christ, but their own appetites by smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the minds of naive people. Titus 3, verses 10 and 11, warn a divisive person once, and then warn them a second time. And after that, have nothing to do with them. You may be sure that such people are warped and sinful. They are self-condemned. He said in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, where there's jealousy and strife, you know that flesh is in operation. Jesus himself said in Luke 11, any kingdom divided against itself will be ruined and a house divided against itself will fall. And that's the challenge that is now facing this new congregation. The church is growing numerically. Verse 1 says, in those days when the number of disciples was increasing. And the truth uh, is, with, with, the, with that growth comes some growing pains. Some, some issues that they haven't had to deal with before. With growth comes new challenges. Let's look at number 1, the challenge. Here it is. The Hellenistic Jews complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. Now this challenge is layered. It's layered. Uh, first of all, there are people in the congregation who are being neglected. That's, that's the first layer. John MacArthur says, in a congregation of that size, it was inevitable that somebody's needs are going to be overlooked. But that's only the first layer of the problem. The NIV says uh, that the Greek-speaking Jews complained against the Jews who spoke Aramaic. But, but in this case, that word that is used in the King James Version is a little closer to the actual interpretation. The King James says there arose a murmuring. That's a little different from just complaining. That word used for murmuring literally means a secret debate. Secret complaining. Secret griping. That's, that's the dangerous part. That's, that's the second layer. That It wasn't out loud. It was secret. Uh, let me see if I can help us to understand. When Pastor Peter and the other apostles walked by, everybody smiled. But then after uh, they got out of the apostles' presence in their secret huddles, in their private emails, in their personal inboxes, on their personal phone conversations, they murmured. Saints, we are on dangerous ground when we are secretly debating, when we are secretly griping, when we are secretly complaining. 
backroom meetings, inbox meetings, cell phone meetings, parking lot meetings to complain to people who can't do a thing about what we're complaining about. For the last 16 years, I've said as a pastor, if something is wrong, if something is not working, you don't have to have a meeting about it with people who can't do nothing about it. Talk to somebody who can do something about it. But these people, this faction is murmuring. We already know how God feels about murmuring. Ask the children of Israel. A whole generation of them died in the wilderness because of their murmuring. Murmuring always leads to division. You already know the list of things that the Lord hates in Proverbs chapter 6. He hates haughty eyes. He hates a lying tongue. He hates hands that shed innocent blood. A heart that devises wicked schemes. Feet that are quick to run to evil. A false witness who pours out lies. And the last thing on the list, a person who stirs up conflict in the community. Well, this isn't me, Reverend, because I would never murmur against you. I love you. Well, check it out. These people weren't murmuring against the church leadership. They weren't murmuring against the apostles. They were murmuring against each other. I know I'm in the text, and I know I'm teaching right, even if I'm walking heavy. I'm glad you got the shout out earlier. They were murmuring, check this out, against the Hebrew widows. Those Hebrew-speaking widows who didn't have anything to do with the distribution of food. It was not their fault that the Greek-speaking widows were being overlooked. If they were going to complain about anybody, if they were going to complain against anybody, look like to me, they should have been complaining against the apostles. They should have been complaining against the leadership, but instead it was directed at each other. That's the challenge. That's the difficulty. That's the threat. But somewhere between verse 1 and verse 2, the apostles got wind of what was going on. Word got back to the apostles. And what I love about the apostles is that they meet this challenge head on. They don't run from it. They meet it head on. They take responsibility as the leaders in the Lord's church. And verse 2 says they call a church meeting. They call everybody together. Now there's a couple things I want us to notice here. I'm going to take off uh, my jacket. I hope that it's not because I'm doing so good. It's just because I'm hot. Check, check it out. They call a church meeting. They call all the disciples together. But they don't call everybody together to come up with a solution. This is not a brainstorming session. No. They call all the people together to present to them the solution that the Holy Ghost already came up with. Did you catch that? The people are not called together to vote on the best solution because that's not how the church is run. Because it's not the people's church, 
It's the Lord's church. My father used to say it all the time. The church was never meant to be a democracy. The church was meant to be a theocracy. God rules his church. The king runs the kingdom. And I got news for us. The king is not the pastor. The king is not the deacons. The king is not a board. The king is not even the congregation. You do know who the king is, don't you? I must take this opportunity to say it like this. Dr. Sam Lockridge, uh, he, he said it like this. The king is the one who stepped from behind the curtain of nowhere onto the platform of nothing and spoke a world into existence. And then standing on nothing, he reached when there was nowhere and caught something when there was nothing to catch and hung something on nothing and told it to stay there. Then standing on nothing, he took the hammer of his own will and struck the anvil of his omnipotence and sparks flew everywhere. He caught those sparks on the tip of his fingers and flung them into space and bedecked the heavens with the stars. And nobody said a word. And the reason nobody said anything was because there wasn't anybody to say anything. So God said of his own self, that's good. He's the same God who, who owns a cattle on a thousand hills. He is the same one who knows when we sit and when we stand, when we go out and when we come in. The same God whose hand is on us, whose voice is on the waters, whose eye is on the sparrow, who rides the wind, who makes the clouds his chariot. The same God who loved the world so much that he gave Jesus his unique one-of-a-kind son that whosoever believes on him should not perish but have everlasting life. Y'all, it's his church because he bought it. He paid for it with his own blood and he runs it. He rules it. He governs it. And he, through the apostles, calls the congregation together and says, all right now, here's the plan. It is not meat. It is not right it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense for us, the apostles, the church leadership, to leave the word of God, to neglect the ministry of the word, NIV says, to wait tables. We can't take time that we should be spending ministering and in prayer to make sure that every table is served properly. And we're going to get into that a bit more in the coming weeks if y'all stay with me, we'll look at it when the apostles say, we'll give ourselves to prayer and ministry of the word. But today, we've seen the challenge, but I want to look at the choice. That's our second stopping point today, the choice. And that's probably as far as we're going to get. Verse 3, since we can't stop preaching to take care of these tables, you, look you out among you seven men y'all go look for and choose seven men now I don't know why seven was the number there are some theologians who suggest it was because there were seven days in the week and so you have a deacon for every day who is on duty I don't know I don't I don't know we don't know how many how many widows there are to be served we don't know what the ratio is but they are instructed to look among them to find seven 
men. Now, brothers and sisters, these seven men are nowhere called deacons in this passage, but most Bible scholars refer to this as the first choosing of deacons because the word deacon comes from the Greek word diakonos which means servant and it's used several times in this text to refer to what these seven men are to do for these widows in particular and by extension for the church and Mount Calvary Nation we need to stay right here for a little bit I know that I'm not going to finish all of this today but I'm, I'm not just teaching as an exercise in biblical history we are not disconnected from this experience of the early church. We like the early church. Listen to me. We are a growing congregation. God is blessing us by his sovereign will and by his grace. And as we continue to grow, there's some things we need to adjust. When the 13 families who started this church came together, to start the sunlight mission I don't know if they had in mind what we would grow to today when we were officially incorporated as Mount Calvary Missionary Baptist Church in 1936 I don't know that that small fellowship of believers ever had in mind the growth that we have seen I can't tell you whether Reverend W.A. Banks or Reverend uh, Henry Heath or Reverend D.D. Mundy ever expected what we've seen. When Reverend Winston Sr. became the pastor of about a hundred people in 1958, I don't know if he ever expected to pastor all the people who came through his leadership for 46 years. But what a wonderful place to be where God continues to pour out his blessings and people keep coming. But that growth is not without its challenges. And I, as one person, cannot see after the needs of the 1,100 active members of the Mount Calvary Nation. That's not including the ones who consider themselves members but who are not active until somebody dies or gets in trouble. I as one person cannot be everything to all 1,000 of us. I expected some horns to toot right there. My calling, saints, listen, my calling is to preach the word of God. My calling is to preach the word of God and I must have help to look after the needs of all these people without neglecting my calling to preach the word of God and so as a growing congregation we need servants we need some deacons some men tasked with waiting tables, if you will. Some men whose responsibility it is to make sure that nobody is overlooked. Some men who exist to keep division down. And so we take a look today, not only at the challenge that the early church faced, but at the choice they had to make. Here's what the apostles told them. 
Can somebody grab me a towel from inside? Choose from among you. Don't go get strangers. Don't go get people you don't know. Look among yourselves. And here is what you are to look for. Uh, let, me, let me say a couple things going into this because I know there are some questions that will arise. Number one, there is no question here that the apostles are being gender specific. Now I consider myself, my wife may disagree, I don't know, I consider myself a champion of the rights of women personally, but my task is to just report what I see biblically. And so, as to the question of female deacons, if you will hang on and if you will walk with us for a few weeks, we will get to the presence and the position of a woman in the Bible named Phoebe. We'll get there, but this particular passage does not address women as part of this task force. That's number one. Number two, these traits, these characteristics are not optional. And they are not pick the best two out of three. To find all of these traits in one man is going to be rare and it's designed to be because everybody is not suited to the high and holy office of deacon. And it doesn't mean that the men who are are better than anybody else, but if the apostles are going to trust these men, thank you deacon, if the apostles are going to trust these men to assist in taking care of the flock of God if they are going to trust them with the care of these widows they have to meet these high qualifications they have to meet these high standards and if I can say part of the problem of the church has been that we have lowered the standard of what deacon is in order to fit the men we see But God has not called us to lower the standard, but to raise the men. All right, let's look at it. Here's what you're looking for. Men, first of all, of honest report. Find some men with a good reputation. Find some men who have standing who 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 are known for walking upright men who if you call people to testify about them it will be a good testimony men that are looked upon by their neighbors as men of integrity faithful men men that can be trusted Men who, when you speak their name in the community, people's faces don't tear up. Men who are well spoken of. Men of a good report. Now listen, that doesn't mean that other men can't be used. There are certain tasks that anybody can do. But to serve as a deacon, you got to have a clean reputation. There is no compromise that we are looking for men of a good report. 
I don't I don't mean to I don't mean no harm but but when I say the name Herb Taylor that's that's good report when I speak the name Robert Taylor that's that's good report when I say the name Harvey Wortham that's that's good it ought not to be negative that comes when the name comes up you got it number two full of the Holy Ghost it is not enough that he be a man of honest report he must also be full of the Holy Ghost allowing the Holy Ghost to reign in his life and producing fruit to show it where these men walk there ought to be some love left behind there ought to be some peace some joy some long suffering some kindness goodness gentleness faith and self-control those things need to be evident in the life of the men you choose full of the Holy Ghost again I, I don't mean any harm but full of the Holy Ghost doesn't just mean a man who speaks in tongues because we've all met some men who speak in tongues in the church and speak in another kind of tongue at home We've all met some men who shout in the church who live raggedy lives. But this refers to Holy Ghost filled men. Not perfect men, don't get me wrong, but men who are led by the Spirit of God in their everyday lives. Number three, full of wisdom. Not only must he be of honest report, not only does he need to be full of the Holy Ghost, but he needs to be full of wisdom. He must be able to discern times and seasons. He must be able to use knowledge to its full advantage. He must not only know what to do, but when and where to do it. He must know how to deal with the people he will be serving. He needs to be all of these things before you bring him to us to a point. Did you hear what I said? The apostle said, look you out among you some men who fulfill all of that and then bring them to us. May I say and I think I've earned the right after 16 years of being your pastor I think I've earned the right to say don't bring me somebody that I have to try to make into what this says you search you choose according to the word and then bring them so they can be appointed that's, that's really all I want to say today because we're going to need some deacons as we continue to grow. We're going to need some more deacons. And, and I need you to, to search, look out among you, choose, so that we can have 
godly deacons. A godly deacon will help the widow without trying to take advantage of her. A godly deacon will help squash internal threat rather than adding fuel to it. A godly deacon will help bring the congregation together rather than help to pull it apart. A godly deacon is an answer to division rather than the cause of it. And some more godly deacons is exactly what we need for the task ahead. And so Mount Calvary, I stand with the same Holy Ghost boldness and apostolic authority as we see in Acts chapter 6. And I'm saying to you, start looking out among you some men who are of honest report, who are full of the Holy Ghost, and who are full of wisdom, that I may appoint to make sure that nobody in this Mount Calvary nation is overlooked. There's more to this though, but you got to tune in next week to find out what else we're looking for. As a matter of fact, next week I plan to have a couple of deacons on panel with me. And we're going to begin looking at what Paul says a godly deacon looks like. God forgive me because there have been times when I've seen guys not measure up and said okay anyway. But y'all, those times are done. We have to have, we, we need, we must have men who are full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom. Men who are of, who are of honest report. Brother Sandifer, he's not here today, is he? No. Uh, is Brother Watson here? Andy Watson, is he here? No. Uh, Deacon Harrison, Joe Harrison, he may not be feeling well today. Listen, I was thinking about, I was thinking about it. I've, I've actually only preached this text twice in my 16 years of pastoring. The last time I preached this text, the result was that we had, we got some of the most faithful deacons that this congregation has ever seen. And so I thought it not robbery to dwell right here for a little bit because there are some more men who are of good report, who are full of the Holy Ghost and full of wisdom that are waiting on the sidelines, just waiting to be chosen. And so I commission you today, church, go look, go choose, and bring them to be appointed. If you agree with that and you believe it so nobody gets overlooked, Honk your horn and say amen. Good. I pray 
that the Lord continues to grow us, that he continues to bless us, and that we continue to keep up with the growth that the Lord is bringing. May it be so. Is there anybody here who is not sure that you're saved today? Anybody here who's not sure that you're saved? If you are not sure that you're going to spend eternity with Jesus Christ, would you mind coming up this way? I'll put a mask on. We'll social distance. But I got to tell you the truth. God loved everybody so much that he gave his only begotten son. That's Jesus the Christ. That whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That is the good news. God did not send his son Jesus to condemn the world but so that the world through him might be saved. That's good news. And if you're here today and you're not sure you're saved, would you come here? I want to show you how to be saved. If you're watching us online, here's what the Bible says. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. The Bible says you shall be saved. That's good news. And so if you're not sure you're saved and you want to be saved today, would you say it with me? Jesus is Lord. That just means he runs stuff. He's ruling stuff and he's running me. That's all that means. And if you believe in your heart that even though he died on the cross, that God got him up from the grave, the Bible says you shall be saved. That's good news. If you would just send us a message there on Facebook or on YouTube or if you're on the website, uh, shoot us a message to the website that just says, Hey pastor, I confess Jesus today and I got saved. So we'll know and we can be in touch with you. Would you do that? God bless you. Everybody else then is saved? Then let the church say amen right where you are. We're going to get ready to celebrate the Lord's Supper. Since everybody here is saved, did everybody get your elements? Is there anybody who needs one of the deacons to bring you elements now? Big, I forgot to get mine. If you haven't been served and wish to be, just wave your hand or step out of your car. The deacons will be glad to serve you. Has everyone been served who wishes to be? All right. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread, gave thanks, blessed it, and broke it, and gave it to his disciples. 
and said, this bread is my body given for you. Now take and eat all of it. Likewise, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it to his disciples and said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood which is shed for the remission of sins. Now take and drink all of it. And we thank God for Jesus. We thank God for Jesus. We're going to get ready to go in just a minute, but I want to pause for a moment of prayer. There are several uh, requests that have, um, that have come. I want to make us aware as a family. Would you keep the Riggins family in your prayer? I'm, in your prayers, I'm, I mentioned that Ajare's mother passed um, this past week keep them in your prayers please uh, Karen Hines is going to have hip surgery this week keep her in your prayers as well we also want to keep Dwight Henderson's family in our prayers he passed from COVID this past week also Sam Taste his uh, stepdaughter passed last night that's Jarela uh, Jarela, Jamar, and Jawan's uh, mother. She passed last night. Would you keep that family in your prayers as well? And there are many among us. I know Cassandra Ford's sister is fighting for her life um, against COVID-19. There are many who are dealing with sickness, who are dealing with the effects of this COVID, this coronavirus and we want to keep them in our prayers we know that God is our healer no matter what we see he is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or think and so we ask him according to what we know not according to what we see all right would you bow and let's have a word of prayer father thank you so much for allowing us to come together in the same proximity today thank you for allowing us even just to be on the same parking lot today it just feels good to be close to the saints thank you father for giving us this day we don't take it for granted but long before we got to this day you ordained it you knew exactly what it would be and we're grateful to you Father, we're grateful for your grace and your mercy today. We're grateful for your forgiveness and for your cleansing. We're grateful for the blood of Jesus that was shed. We're grateful for your body that was given. Grateful for the opportunity just to call on your name. Thank you, Lord. We thank you for keeping us in the midst of this pandemic. There is not one single thing we've needed that we've had to go without. And we thank you right now. Father, we come to you on behalf of those grieving families. 
on behalf of those who are suffering with the feeling of loss. Father, we come to you on their behalf because we know that you are our comforter. We thank you for the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit who comforts supernaturally. Father, would you touch hearts today? Would you wrap your arms around them today? Those who know you already, would you bring them to know you closer? And those who don't know you, would you bring them to know you through Jesus Christ? So that these partings don't have to be eternal goodbye. Just good night. We'll see you in the morning. Father, you get the glory out of what's going on. We call on you now as our healer. You're bigger than COVID-19. You're bigger than coronavirus. You're bigger than cancer. You are bigger than addiction. You are bigger than hip and orthopedic problems. You are bigger than high blood pressure. You are bigger than sugar diabetes. You are bigger than all sorts of health problems that we have. And we know that if we can have it, you can heal it. And so we call on you as our healer today. Touch bodies today in the name of Jesus. Strengthen minds today in the name of Jesus. Heal your people by the stripes that Jesus took. We thank you right now and we bless your name. Keep us as we leave this place. Don't let any hurt, harm, or danger come to us. But keep us until we're together again. We pray this in Jesus' name and just for your glory. Let all the people who agree shout amen. Amen. Praise God. Listen, as you get ready to exit, Kingdom Force has the plan. Just follow their voice and follow their hands and you'll be all good. Uh, thank you, Ms. Uh, Ms. Banks. If you have your offering ready uh, to give to somebody, the deacons will be there at the exit. You can hand it out of the window to their glove-covered hands. They'll be glad to accept it. Or you can give by Givelify on your phone, that app. You just tap it, give, you're done. Or by text to give. Um, or by Cash App. You can give in any of those ways. Thank you for your continued generosity. All right. As Kingdom Force lets you out, there's also a little gift uh, just for being here and just for being a part of the Mount Calvary family. Make sure your card gets its Mount Calvary swag bag. All right. Where's Joshua? Joshua's going to be 13 Tuesday. Happy birthday, Joshua. Good. Follow. Your birthday was who? It's going to be Wednesday. Who is that? I can't see who you are. Is that Donna Michelle? <laughs> Happy birthday, Miss Cruz. Good. All right. Follow Kingdom Force. They will not lead you astray. Now unto him who is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise God our Savior be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and forever. Let all the saints agree together in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. God bless you.
Thanks, bro.